Well, we're continuing on a uh, series that we're going to do all year, at least, called Believe. Everybody say Believe. And um, I'm going to just tag back just a little bit to give some of the uh, review, just foundation to get us going. And we're going to look at something really, really awesome tonight. Let's look in 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 12 through 14. Paul is writing to Timothy. The, the apostle Paul writing to Timothy who at this point is actually in the role of pastor. And he said, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Now, here's where we want to pick up. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Hold fast, hold fast. And these are the Pauline epistles. These are written to us as New Testament believers. Hold fast. Everybody say, hold fast. And that really means hold in such a way that it can't be taken from you. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Right there, the New Living Translation renders it, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Now, Paul is saying that he delivered the goods to them, and he said, I don't want you to lose them regarding the word. We've got to hold fast to sound doctrine, to sound words. And if you hold fast, um, you have to understand them, okay? And here's a principle from, from the Gospels here. What you understand cannot be taken away from you. Okay, you can kind of, quote, know some things, be familiar, but when you understand some things, remember that, that sower sows the word and the, the birds came and took that away. And when Jesus is explaining it, uh, he said it's because they didn't understand the word, the seed that was something they didn't understand it can be taken away. So what you understand cannot be taken away from you. So we're talking about what we believe and why we believe, and, and we want to come to understanding of it. I don't want us to just line up and say, okay, yeah, I believe that. I want us to have some real understanding um, concerning that. So it's real deal in your life, my life, whether we're together on a Tuesday or whatever, you've got the word, you've got a grip on it, you've got understanding on it, you can use it, and it can't be taken away from you. Let's look at another verse here in uh, Matthew 22, verse 37. It echoes out of the Old Testament as well. But Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your, with all your mind. And so uh, there are some believers on the planet that just think the mind doesn't matter. And the mind really, really does matter. The mind's going to make a lot of difference. So I think we should be thinking Christians. I'll say it again. I think we should be thinking Christians. We shouldn't just be touchy-feely Christians and waiting for a goosebump. Whether or not I get a goosebump, I know what I know. I know whom I believe. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what he's promised. Whether or not I ever get another goosebump, tear in the corner of my eye or anything, you know, a chill up your back. Woo! Ever get one of those again or not? That is, that, that's, that's not even the basis of anything. It's not even the basis of anything. We've got, to, we've got to know these things. And so, and this has to do with what we believe. And here's my concern. Here's our whole goal for teaching on this all year. We're going to be very deliberate about this. We're taking a lot of time and study to, to do all, all of this. As a believer, you have to know what you believe. 
You need to know why you believe that. You know, I know that coming up, there were some things that I believe just because somebody told me. Or grandma always said that. So you've got to know, as a, as a real deal, true blue, follower of Jesus Christ, you've got to know what you believe, why you believe it, and then you've got to be able to articulate what you believe. And there are a lot of reasons for that. I won't go into all of that right now so you, you know, can share it with others, so you can, you can uh, persuade others, so you can pass it on to, to generations and so forth. But I find that when you can't articulate, when you don't understand it, you'll either get defensive and argumentative and try to make these big, big statements or you'll withdraw altogether. And, and in, it, in any of those ways, we don't represent Jesus well or yourself well. And so I think we can calmly, logically, solid. Listen, the Bible, the Bible can argue anything. It's so solid. I mean, people have a lot of cheesy little arguments and get, get the microphone on TV and, and, you know, say the Bible's not true because this, 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 this. And, and I'm telling you, science is finding out more and more. Archaeology is finding out more and more. All of it just confirming scripture. And then I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. And then one day, everybody say one day. One day, one day every knee will bow and every tongue every tongue will confess they'll confess they'll admit it they'll say the same that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father amen let's give god praise for that tonight so whoever whatever say what you want now but one day everybody say one day so we're going through um kind of a mix of systematic theology and doctrine and don't be afraid of that we're going to make it very very digestible palatable exciting even i i think this is fun and uh, it's just going to build confidence in you and when you have confidence you have joy amen. Amen. amen theology is the foundation for everything else in your life even if you and theology meaning what you believe what you think about god and things of god so your theology is the foundation for everything else in your life even if you're theology is, well, I don't believe in God. Well, that's your theology. And that is the foundation for everything else in your life. So that's one of the reasons why Paul said, hold fast to a pattern of sound words, sound doctrine. Paul's biggest concern, if you read um, Paul's writings, two thirds of the New Testament, is that we stay square on doctrine, that, that we don't get off on false doctrine and error and winds of doctrine. So um, we have to look at this. The last few weeks, we have been looking at uh, establishing the integrity and, and the authority of Scripture as the basis, as the foundation for our, for our theology and therefore for our lives. And that gives, us, that gives us confidence because, listen, we're calling this believe. And what we're going to do in a few weeks once we kind of get this foundation built is we will start to talk about the things that we believe. We're, we're going to be all over the place talking about we believe this about that. We believe this and just coming right out of Scripture. But that won't carry weight. That won't have uh, validity for you and value for you if you don't know what that's built on. So that's why we're talking about God and God revealing himself and, and the authority and integrity of Scripture. And then how do we then take God's word? He reveals it to us. How do we then interpret that? How, how can we be accurate in that? And instead of, well, I read it and it just looks that way to me. You know, the, the Bible, you can interpret the Bible by the Bible. And, and there's some ways that we'll look at this so that we can be on sure footing, sure foundation regarding 
what we believe. Amen. Well, that was really hearty. So we've looked at inspiration, the doctrine of inspiration, that all scripture is inspired. We've looked at inerrancy, that it is without error. We've looked at infallibility in that it will not fail you, it will not lead you astray. Uh, We looked at canonicity, that we looked at how this is uh, from beginning to end. This This is the book. God supernaturally put that together. These are the books inspired and, and authorized to be scripture. And we looked at some reasons uh, and process how that all came to be. So tonight I want to talk about the doctrine of illumination. This one is awesome. Illumination. Everybody say illumination. Before we can learn how to understand scripture, we're going to have to consider the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, the eternal, the third person of the eternal Godhead. We're going to have to consider the Holy Spirit's role in, in all of this. Part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, if I can put it this way, is to turn on the light in your human soul and in your human spirit. You know, when, um, when we first started the church, I had keys to everything. I knew how to turn on everything. You know, I could turn on the soundboard, whatever. If you ask me now how to turn on the soundboard or the lighting board or where something was, I, I'm lost, folks, you know. I, I know how to get to my place and here and, you know, that kind of thing. But there are people and they have different jobs and responsibilities and they go through and they know where this is. And we're real big on this. It's one of our um, operating principles as a, as a staff and as a church is you've got to have strength beyond the presence of one. So you can never just have one. You've got to have cross-training. You've you got to have that. So we work on that constantly with, with staff as well. But back to my point is, there are people that have a certain job to do a certain thing. Well, part of the work, the ministry, the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to come into your soul and to come into your understanding and turn on the lights. And um, he wants to do that for you. And it is a wonderful thing when the Holy Spirit... Turns on the light. You ever had an aha moment? It's like, oh, okay, now I see it. I almost had those in algebra. It's like if we had 10 more minutes that day and the teacher was saying something to draw it out, and it's like, oh, brrr, the bell, oh, and it went away, you know, and then go home and try to do the homework. It's gone. It's gone. Just couldn't get those lights on. But we can get lights on concerning the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit who gives us, first of all, revelation. That's where we started the beginning of the year in this. He gives us revelation. It's the Holy Spirit who actually brought Scripture to us. Okay? And uh, secondly, it was the Holy Spirit who brought us inspiration. Say inspiration. And he is the one who inspired Scriptures. God breathed. And always the the words for uh, Spirit, Old Testament, New Testament, have to do with breath, wind, breeze. And he is the breath, remember back in Genesis, that God breathed, he breathed into uh, this human being, well, he wasn't being yet, and he became a living soul, you know, and so it's the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, and so all scripture is God breathed, and it's the Holy Spirit who also oversaw, he superintended the writing 
of Scripture, the incredible uh, story of all the authors and books and bringing it all together as part of what makes it the canon or complete, complete collection there. The Holy Spirit superintended that. It's an incredible thing. We'll see the playback of it in heaven. It'll be amazing. And then the Holy Spirit also gives us illumination. And that's what, that's what we want to talk about tonight. And that is illumination. Come on. Light. It has to do with light. It's to bring clarity to us. And I'm just really tired of this. I want to take this out of everybody's hand. Well, I just, I can't read the scripture. I can't understand the scripture. Survey says, eh. Say, I can understand the scripture. Now, you may not right now everything who does, but we can constantly be growing and learning in our understanding. And I'm telling you who will work with you to come in and turn on the light and show you. And it's the most amazing. This will bring such joy into your life. In Nehemiah, where it talks about the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you know the context of that? The context of that is they read the word and then the teachers gave them understanding in the word. The Holy Spirit had to be involved in that as well. Gave them understanding in the word and that's what caused them to rejoice. And I'm telling you, if you'll start to get understanding, illumination in scripture, your joy level is going to go up. Because when you understand what God said about something, you understand, I see that now. I see that. Then no matter what they tell you on TV... Or your friend who's not walking with God or somebody who, you know, hates church or, or you know, whatever. You, you see. And once you see it, that's the thing we're going to talk about in a few weeks that with the resurrection of Jesus. The, those original disciples who saw a risen Jesus, they saw him. They saw him. You can't take that away from them then. They can't deny that. They could, not, they could deny a little creed. They could deny a little principle, okay, you know. But these, these guys were martyred, not just for what they believed, but for what they saw. Because like, I'm sorry, say what you will, but I, I saw. And once you see this, you know, you won't be shaken. You won't be shaken by the things that are contrary to God's word. I love this. We need illumination. How many of you would admit that? We need illumination for a number of reasons. Um, We're made in the likeness and the image of God, but we're so different from God. We need illumination because, and we've talked about this earlier, he's infinite and we're what? We're finite. He's holy and we're what? We're sinful. You know, we're redeemed. But how many of you sinned since... Valentine's Day. How many of you? I was giving you a lot of margin there. But let me, let me make it a little more ris- realistic. How many of you sinned since lunch? Okay, there, there we go. All right. And, and we need illumination because honestly, we can't think on his level. He's the creator redeemer. He makes, us, he makes and fixes. And his thoughts and ways are so far above our thoughts and ways. And we're so goofy. Admit it. With our little brains. And we make a little thing or fix a little thing and we get in pride. And God who made it all and can fix whatever. 
creator, redeemer. That's why heaven right now is worshiping him and always will. He's worthy to receive all of that because he's the creator and because he's the redeemer. Book of Revelation. Revelation. And so I just can't think on his level. I try and we should. We, you know, set our mind on things above. Let's reach that way. Let's go that way. But I need illumination. You need illumination. We need the Holy Spirit to come in and light it up for us. Amen. We need illumination because the fall of man uh, distorted the image of God that we were. We're still made. Every person you know is made in the likeness and the image of God. But that, dis- that image is distorted. And, and we are spiritually blind without the Holy Spirit helping us. Okay? So we need illumination for that. We need illumination because of sin, and we already talked about that. Sin hinders our ability. Uh, it hinders our, able, our ability to receive um, the truth of God's word. So the Holy Spirit is the one who brings illumination. And the Holy Spirit then is, he is, don't miss this, he is the ultimate key to understanding the Bible. Now, I'm in, a, I'm in a doctoral program right now, and I'm in a heavy class right now on biblical theology and interpreting the Bible and its methods and things like that, and I'm loving it. But I'm so thankful. My, my professor for this class, he's the translator for First and Second Corinthians in the New Living Translation. He's on the translation board for the English Standard Version. This guy knows how to translate and interpret scripture. But every day he told us, he said, you get your brain engaged and the Holy Spirit doesn't show up to help you. You're lost as a goose in a storm. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. We've got to do our work. But we need the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, the ultimate key, don't miss this, the ultimate key to understanding scripture is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, that being the case, he is our ultimate teacher. Let's look at a few verses here. John 14, 26, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit who would come, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? He will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide. Everybody say guide. That word literally is teach, show the way. He will guide you into all truth. Here's implied too. The inverse is true. If he will guide you into all truth, he will guide you out of all error. Doesn't that make sense? For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to pick up in verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, so those are limited, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But, everybody say but. But God has revealed them to us, how? Say it again. Through his spirit, for the spirit. Watch this. And you need to read this slow later. For the Spirit searches all 
things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man who is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. I want to say that again. No one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might what? That we might know the things that have been given freely, freely given to us by God. And if you go back to our first verse, I couldn't see, ear couldn't hear, couldn't get into us. And you don't know anything apart from the spirit. Only the spirit knows the things of God and the things that we couldn't even get. Now the spirit of God comes. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And that's got a whole lot more in it, but... Somebody say, holy wow. Now, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit's presence then is prerequisite. Let me, let me, um, let me apply this real quick. Whether you're just reading the Bible, how many of you know you should do that? How many of you know this is not a book that, oh, I read that. This is not one of those books. This is a living book. You stay in this the rest of your life. I'll say it again, stay in this the rest of your life. Every day, every day. And we, there's patterns, there's plans. We've talked about that over and over and over. We have so many resources to help you to do that. Well, whether I'm sitting down to read the proverb for the day, I'm reading a passage, I'm reading a, a, a reading plan devotion that has, you know, a verse and then some commentary, whether I'm reading through books, uh, whatever that I'm, I'm studying something out topically, Uh, You get up early in the morning or whenever it is that that you do this. Listen, don't do it by yourself. The first thing you should do is invite the Holy Spirit. Oh, well, he said he's with me always. I know. And invite him now who is with you. He doesn't have to come from, you know, he doesn't send you a message back. Well, I'm in Albuquerque. If you give me an hour, you know, he's with us always. What I'm saying is, Holy Spirit, I know you're with me and I need you to help me. I need you to help me. Invite him every time. You get up to do your little devotions in the morning because some of y'all are boring yourself. Because you by yourself, I love you, but you by yourself are boring. <laughs> Think about it. We need the life of God. And so don't sit down and try to go, oh, you have the deep things of God. I will bless you. Yeah, trick yourself. I mean, just sit down and just humbly and hungry, Holy Spirit, help me now. Teach me this. Show me this. Turn the lights on on this. Work with me on this. Because listen, he's the spirit of the author. He's the spirit of the author. So he'll tell you what the author meant. And let me tell you this. Nothing has, you're not going to get some separate private interpretation on something. Bible means what the Bible means. There's truth assigned. Now there's multiple applications to things. But you're not going to get, well... Uh, you say it means that. I mean, no, the Holy Spirit will help you. He's the spirit of truth. And he will guide you into that truth. Amen? I got to move on. I got to move on. So the Holy Spirit's presence, you want to nurture that. You want to um, 
enjoy that. You want to, in every way, expand that in your life. I don't have time to go into all of this tonight, but when you're, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit becomes resident. I think, when, I think there is uh, experience beyond that where there's the baptism or the filling of the Spirit. And whatever your, your language is or nuance is on all of that, here's the bottom line. Okay, don't get stuck. Well, I don't believe Pentecost. Cut it out. Here's the bottom line for all of us in Ephesians 5.18. Be filled with the Spirit. So however, whenever, whatever your experience was, get filled, be filled, stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And the reason Ephesians tells us to keep being filled is because we what? We leak. We leak. So it's like fill me, fill me back up and just continue to ask him, you know, be with me, be in me, fill me. Now, let's look at something here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. And uh, this is going to be an interesting passage here for us. It says, but the natural man, everybody say natural. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God because they're foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So a natural man, natural person, what it's saying is this. It's a, it's a person without the spirit of God in their life. The person without the spirit of God in their life are not going to understand the things of the word of God because they're spiritually discerned. And we read another passage related to that earlier. So there are some real brainy, brainy people that study the Bible and then try to refute the Bible. But the thing is, you're holding it backwards. That's not working for you because... These are spiritually discerned. And so it becomes foolishness to the natural mind because this can only be illuminated or revealed by the Spirit of God. Then we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Watch this carefully. Dear brothers and sisters, and this is in the New Living. When I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. Everybody Everybody say spiritual we just talked about natural, now spiritual. I, could, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world. Uh, other translations say natural. Or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food. And that's reference to teaching and truths of the word. Because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You're jealous of one another, quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world or natural people or the Amplified Bible said like mere unchanged men? Now, there's three types of people. Um, Let's look at this real quick. You've got natural Okay, and so the natural person, their spirit has not been regenerated. And they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. Okay? Do we love natural people? You better. Okay? So this is you, this is me, this is any of us without the Holy Spirit doing the work of regeneration, salvation uh, in us. And so natural, so that's without the Spirit. Then we have 
spiritual. And spiritual, you could, you could even say, is supernatural. So this is a person with the spirit. So they're natural, but they've had something come join the natural and change it. And so this is a person with the spirit. Then we've got another category here. Unnatural. How many of you ever met somebody unnatural? Okay. This is where a whole lot of believers are. Because they are, they're not natural. Because they receive Jesus. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence in them. They should be this. But it's unnatural now because they're, they should be this, but they act that way. But they're really not that. But they act like that. They would never come on Wednesday night. And Paul just talked about this. Now, this is important here. Because if we live carnal, Paul said that's, that's the deal. You, you, you have the spirit in you. You're children of God, but you fuss and fighting about stuff. You're crass. You're carnal. You're jealous. You know, all these things. He said those things, those, those shouldn't even be in you. And you act, you follow a human standard. You, you follow that standard of people without God. And that's unnatural. That's unnatural. Well, here's, here's the truth for us tonight regarding illumination. Paul is saying, I can barely get any light. The Spirit of God can barely get any light. I, I couldn't feed you what you needed to be fed. Had to give you milk when we had steak prepared. How many of you know that would make you mad if you found out about that? <laughs> what? You know, and so illumination, we can block it. I fully believe we can block it. If you're living carnal, if you're living sinful, if you're immature in the things of God, and by that I mean, I mean this, you have the spirit of God in you, but you are not, and, and don't miss this, you are not growing in grace and knowledge. Because of behavior and standards in your life, I'm telling you what you're not going to have. You're not going to have, based on this passage here and others, you're not going to have illumination in the scripture. It blocks the light. And so, I hate to bring that up, but I'm glad I did. 2 Timothy 2, 15. Says, be diligent. To present yourself approved to God, a workman, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Other translations say study. Everybody say study. Study to show yourself approved. I believe that we also must, it's the Holy Spirit that gives us illumination, but we also must study. We're to love the Lord our God with also with our mind. Okay? I think that there's some study involved in this as well. Listen to this statement. Illumination does not make study unnecessary. Illumination makes study effective. I'll say it again. Illumination, and there are people, and that's why I say this. There are people, Christians, who know the Holy Spirit just shows me. And then I'm telling you, they do some things that are counter to Scripture. They'll end up building their whole theology on a verse and die by a snake bite. Or deny their children medical help. 
or all kinds of goofy. Everybody say goofy. Goofy stuff. You've got to study. You've got to rightly divide the word of God. And so we have to study. Illumination does not make study unnecessary. Illumination makes study effective. We still need, although the Holy Spirit brings illumination, we still need common sense. We still need logical thinking. And I'm glad to tell you this one too. And you still need teachers. Still need teachers. Matter of fact, in uh, Romans 12, listing some of the gifts that the Spirit gives to the body. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, which is inspired teaching and preaching... Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let, it, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches, teaching. So illumination comes by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit works with, in a setting like this, the Holy Spirit works with a gift that God has given. I'm not the gift. God would give a gift to a teacher in, in thousands of churches across the country tonight. Okay? So it's not just me. It's not, it's not about me. The creative order. God puts all of us in our places throughout the day, gifted to do what we do. Whatever your gift is, get in it. Use it. Use it to the glory of God. Let God help you to do it. Just right now, I'm operating in that. And as the Holy Spirit works with that in the process of study and prayer and preparation, and then we come and we learn, guess what? The Holy Spirit not only gives me illumination, he not only gives you illumination when you're by yourself studying and so forth, but in this setting where you're being taught, it's the very purpose of teaching. Is to bring illumination to you. How many of you in service before? And it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Meadowbrook. How many of you in service before? It's like, oh, wow. You get the aha. You get, you get the key. You get the principle that helps you. And it's just the Holy Spirit turning the light on for you. And let me say this. When the Holy Spirit does that, when he illuminates, it does not have to be emotional. You don't have to get in some kind of ecstatic condition. You don't have to fall into a trance. You don't have to tell people, leave me alone right now. Get an illumination. There's a cream for that. You know, it's a, it's a, you don't have to act that way. I, now, listen, it is super exciting when you realize you're getting illumination. That's why I love this study. It's exciting. Or it's exciting when you realize, you know, you were, you were searching on something, praying about something. And then you realize a few days later, oh, wow. You know that the Holy Spirit had showed you that. That's awesome and your joy will just rise. So don't make it what it is not. It should be a normal uh, expected occurrence in your life with the Holy Spirit in you, helping you, you inviting him. And then here's what happens. You've got God's recorded truth. You've got God's recorded truth. And you've got the believer's soul. Okay? This is, this is a soulish issue. This has to do also with your, with your understanding, your intellect, your uh, it affects you in, in those ways. So you've got God's written word. You've got the human soul. You've got the rational, logical mind. And you've got the Holy Spirit that is the bridge. He's the conduit to make all of that happen for you. And here's the wonderful thing that I want to tell every one of you tonight. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me for this. You can understand the Bible. Amen. You can understand the Bible. Well, how can I do that? The Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates it. Apart from him, you're not going to know it. But he will help you. You still must study. You must be humble. You must hunger. You must be diligent. Uh, You must use proper tools. And you must keep yourself in church. You must stay in a Bible 
teaching church. Not just a Bible preaching church. I've been to preaching churches, and if you ask me after the service, what'd you get out of that? Sweaty. <laughs> you know, and, and come Monday, Tuesday, when I don't need sweaty. I need the truth of the word of God. Amen? All right. And I didn't have anybody in mind on that. So if you, if you, if you sweat in church, it's okay. Let's close with uh, Ephesians here. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. This is one of Paul's prayers. And we're going to dive kind of in the middle of it. But he's praying this. Follow this carefully. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, say that's me, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And here, here we go, here we go. The eyes of your understanding. Okay, now get, get the imagery here. The eyes. What fuels your eyes? Light. All my kids are readers and I'll, I'll come into a room and they're reading, they're, you know, they're reading and it's like they hardly got any light on. And I'll tell them all the time, your eyes run on light. And so you get the light, you know. What do you do when you're trying to, trying to see something a little better? What do you do? You, you, you try to find some light. I, I met a pastor friend yesterday for lunch uh, at Carabas, and it was dark. It was like the middle of the day, and they just had it dark in there. And I'm looking around to see him, and he's got his, the light on his phone, and he's looking at the, <laughs> at the menu. Light. So, so get this. The eyes. The eyes of your what? Understanding being what? Enlightened. Enlightened. That word actually means illuminated, to give light to, to make to see. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is Paul's prayer, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, implied. That you may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and implied. That you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So that you could know the incredible things of God in your life. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Repeated, repeated, repeated the rest of your life. That you could know. This is not just get a glimpse for a minute. But that you could know. And the Holy Spirit, listen, pray. Ask him. This was Paul's prayer. Holy Spirit, let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Help me to see this. Help me to see this. I remember going at, staying after school and asking a teacher, help me to see this. Or a teacher say, can you see it? And I go, yeah. <laughs> or no. <laughs> I lied. No. Okay, let's do it again. You know, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will be patient with you. And he knows what you need to know and he'll help you. And I love another thing from a verse previous to, and he said he would even remind you. He would remind you. Amen? Amen. So we believe this. All that we believe about Scripture, inspired, inerrant, infallible, that's the complete book right there. You can't learn it apart from the Holy Spirit. The ultimate issue in understanding the Bible is the Holy Spirit. And he won't withhold from you. Invite him. Tonight, tomorrow, whenever you sit down with the Word of God, invite the Holy Spirit. Help me to see. Help me to see. It doesn't mean you're going to have a glow-in-the-dark experience right there. But I'm telling you what, you're going to have these moments all along the way. And they're going to increase your joy because you know you're going to have understanding in the Word of God. And what you understand 
can never be taken away from him. Amen. Do y'all get anything at all out of this tonight?